everybody. Thank you for joining us on Taurus Tech Talk. Uh, for myself, for Corey Church, my co-host, today we're having Andy on from MPS. Thank you so much for joining us, Andy. Thanks, Thanks for Andy. having me, guys. Appreciate it. Um, so Andy uh, is, again, like I said, with MPS, had been a partner of ours for a while. We met him a while back. Thought it'd be awesome to have him on the show, talk a little bit more about what they offer, how we partner together. Um, so, so Andy, why don't you tell us um, your, your current role and kind of how you got to that? Sure. I've had lots of different roles with this organization. I've been there for seven years, um, which in today's world seems like a really long time, but it's, you know, it's not. Uh, my current role is SVP of sales and operations. So basically I oversee the majority of the company from an operations day-to-day uh, -day standpoint, um, but my DNA is sales. So that's part of what happened is as we've grown, we are trying to make sure that the reason people work with us and the message that we've been uh, delivering and the story we've been telling stays true throughout our organization. And so I'm not an operations guy. I'm not a process guy. I'm, I'm always the worst offender within our organization of breaking the rules and not following them. So they put me in charge of it all. We which know it goes like yeah. that. <laughs> Why did you look at me as soon as he said that? I was looking at the reflection in your eyes of myself. Yes, right. So we, I'm, we all, I'm probably that quick. guy. <laughs> we, all, we all know what I'm talking about. But um, so my role on the operations side is really to help the message stay true of why people work with us. Um, that way they don't get so bogged down with, well, we said it's four to six weeks. Too bad, you know, and yeah. they don't get so rigid on that. Um, and it just helped kind of bring everybody together. So that's that's what I'm doing now. I'm still very, probably I'd say 80% of my job is still sales, though. I, I manage our independent reps nationwide. Um, I oversee a lot of what our sales people do internally. And then they kind of call me an OG. I've been around a while. So like there might have been some scenario that happened with some customer in 2013 and I'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, here's what we did, and here's where that file's located. Hey, Andy, can or, you go back in your memory bank yeah, for a yeah, second? Yeah, exactly. That's so, usually how the, first, how the conversation yep. starts. So that, that's I still provide that role a little bit because, I mean, it, it happens probably weekly. There's some scenario that comes up that I literally am the only person that would have any <laughs> knowledge of. We have a few guys here. Uh, back in the early days, things were really siloed. Yes. So, like... You remembered it, or it was in your email, or it was on your desktop. Your desktop. There was no yep. centralized yep. system like way back. So when we get a blast from the past, another salesperson or engineer will be like, do you know anything about this? And I'm like, yeah, I happen to have every piece of documentation on that project on my computer, and it exists nowhere else. Right here in my, you know, <laughs> mine's, on. mine's in let, my deleted files let, in my email. Let you know? me give all of this to you so I'm no longer responsible for that repository. <laughs> I can Man, search so much name. space is freed up on my right. PC. I can search somebody's name in my inbox, you know, in my deleted folders, yeah. and I'll be like, oh, that's where that is. Okay, and then See, pour that off, so. I, I like doing that, but Corey gets on to me about the email box space. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, you you know you have 15,000 deleted emails, right? We really got to get rid of all those. So they got in trouble. Our IT company deleted half of mine oh. at the request of our technology specialist. And then I blew a gasket because I was like, no, you just like literally ruined the only the only bit of information we have from 2014 to yeah. 2016. You're going to make me scold you both on on camera. Yeah. It's a terrible I repository a, system. I work with yes, a couple of customers that have to be in compliance for different, maybe their government re regulations, maybe their healthcare regulations. Uh -huh. And, and they have, they have policies where, 
um, there's a retention policy. Maybe it's 90 days, 60 days. So if you sent or exchanged emails with them past 90 days, you're going to have to remind them. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. for companies like NPS and companies like Taurus, space is, uh, space is cheap. But when you're talking about working with a company that has 3,000 to 9,000 employees and right. you're talking about, oh, I don't know, what's your mailbox? Like 50, 50 gig or something like yeah. that times 3,000 some odd employees, uh, it gets expensive. That's a now, lot. Now you've got a submarine, you know, with running <laughs> your servers, you know, just trying to keep them cool. Well, and if, if you're like <laughs> us, you back everything up three times. <laughs> We are like you. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Andy, what did you do before? Um, you said you've been with MPS yep. for seven years. So yeah. what did you do before that? So I came on as just an account manager. So uh, my background, I'm, I'm highly trained in sales. I have an education degree for economics and a minor in coaching. So nice. That was a All joke. Right. Highly I, trained I have in a, sales. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was about a, to hear like, I have a master's a degree? degree in educational administration, you know, Very so cool. nothing to do with what I do now. Um, but very expensive pieces of paper. So that, did you, know, you yeah. want to be like a, a, a principal or, or, well, so the, the, I started as a teacher and a football okay. coach. I moved right. to Texas, uh, to McKinney to, to coach there. I coached for seven years, enjoyed it, loved it, had a blast. Then I started having kids and my wife was like, you're working. I was working nights, weekends. I mean, football coaches in Texas work all the time. So yeah. the next then thing to kind of regulate my schedule was to become a principal. So I, got my master's to do that. I became certified, started interviewing. And it was in that process. I was like, I really don't want to be a principal. It was just kind of weird. It was like, I remember sitting in an interview and I ended up getting second. So they didn't hire me anyways, but like I was sitting there answering the questions and I'm just thinking, I don't really want to do this, you oh, know, wow. but as a, as a father and a husband, I'm like, I'll do whatever I got to do. I don't really care. But like, personally, I didn't want to, I didn't get into education to be a principal. So one thing led to another, I heard about this opportunity through a friend and I go in and I apply an interview and it was really funny. I sit down with the owner and our company was much smaller back then. And I sit down, this thing, whole thing had been like lined up from a friend. So it wasn't your typical, I applied for the job. So I didn't know a what to expect. Date. Exactly. And I walk in and he goes, you've never sold anything in your life. Why would I even consider hiring you? That's how he started the interview. I'm like, Oh, I thought this was going to be a little friendlier than this, but that um, sounds like how I would have started the interview. Though <laughs> it is I, how thinking, you would start it. I'm thinking that's a perfect qualifying question. <laughs> it was because, great yeah. because for me, I'm wanting to hear your response. Like you sell me on why you think you might be a good salesperson, right. and, and if I'm if it's believable, it's kind of how that went. He deal. For, uh, for it felt like forever. It was probably like five minutes. He kept using phrases like "if I were stupid enough to hire you." <laughs> You know, if we, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, I'm but it chilled. felt that I'm way while chilled. I was sitting there. So finally I was like, look, I kind of like stopped the interview. I was like, look, obviously I don't have any sales experience, but let me tell you what I'll be if you hire me and you know what I'll nice. do and who I'll listen to and what I'll, uh, you know. And so I, and then from that point on it flipped and he was like, okay, all right. So, you know, and you take he control of the situation? So that's all he was doing. He told me later, he's like. I just didn't want to have to fire a guy three months in who had a wife and kid at home yeah. who had just changed careers. And he's like, if you weren't really determined to do this, I didn't want to mess oh, with makes you. So sense. I was like, well, okay. I appreciate H how that. How old are your kids? They're eight and five now. So are I you? had, a, I had a one year old at the time. Wow. Are you doing it? Yeah, that makes sense. Math. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, girls. I got an eight year old girl, five year old boy. Nice. So. Awesome. Nice. And are you, are you done having kids? You want done. to have more kids? 
it's not officially done, but okay. unofficially done. Yeah, you catch so. that. I am officially yep. done. Three girls. <laughs> we are done. we are unofficially done, but soon to be officially. There done. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we have a, a. I like how we're being very vague about the officially. It's my really calendar great. was scheduled yeah. for August, and I kind of. You know what you do is you schedule it around like your favorite television show (laughs) or sporting event. I scheduled mine around the Masters. So that way I went in to the doctor on Wednesday and I got to sit there for three days. I can't get up. I have to watch this. (laughs) And she was there. So the doctor was like reiterating, you know, it's got to stay still. You're going to feel fine. (laughs) My wife would look at me and be like, you did this on purpose, (laughs) didn't you? You know. Well, I told her from the get go. I was like, well, I think this is probably the best day. She called me on it. You're thinking about it wrong. You need to coordinate it with some kid related or house-related activity there you go. that you need to get out of. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you're not that's... like you're going to do it again, right? Yeah, so, no, definitely not. Because you're, you're you're official. I, I'm 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 intending to be official. I was go. gonna I was gonna ask Andy tell us something that we may not know about you. Well, but there you go. I feel like we know everything. <laughs> we, we, we learned like we got really things. intimate yeah, already. Laid it Actually, there for you. I have a question though. So you're a young guy. You look young anyway. I, you could be fifty for all I know. I'm not 50, but uh, yeah. damn that. I mean, crap, that was hard. <laughs> no, I, so you're going to do this for however many more you, when you retire, do you see yourself going back into coaching? Are you coaching like kids sports? Currently or? I'm not, I'm not. I'm, um, I imagine when my son gets a little older, my, my daughter isn't really into sports a whole lot, but my son kind of is. So, um, I, I imagine I'll probably get into it. Will I ever go back to a high school and do that? The answer is no. Well, like club uh, ball or select yeah, ball or some, maybe maybe some summer some, some my 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 brother did a lot of coaching for his children when they were smaller, and then as they got better and things got more technical, he he stepped out. But to watch him sit on the sidelines, he had a he had a summer a couple of summers ago where he was coming out of coaching, but still you know sitting in the bleachers, and just he he was getting really really involved. From the fence, sure. And uh, twice he had been reprimanded by by the. This is baseball. He got sure. reprimanded by the ump, and the ump was like, "Listen, if you say anything else, you're out." And so after that, he he doesn't yell anymore. Like he doesn't good, bad, or other. He just sits and he watches, and then he goes to the fence and talks to his boy. You know. So I've always privately. been. I've always been kind of the chill coach. I I don't get all worked up about things. Um, and so I, yeah, I don't have that problem at all. That's good. Uh, but I, we actually, uh, one of our sales guys, I used to coach, so we hired him. Oh, really? And he's twenty six years old now, but um, you does know, he still call you coach? He he's kind of stopped doing that, but for the first couple of years he did. Yeah, it it's kind of like fun. a respect thing. Yeah, like, oh, I've interviewed a couple if other I kids. Ever s- did not say sir to my dad. Yeah. I mean that would be bad. I've interviewed a f- couple other. I say kids; they're adults now. But I've interviewed a couple other former players to see if they want, you know. And they come in and call me coach, and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm not really coach anymore, but that's yeah. Because as know, a coach, you get to learn a lot what about what they know me as, you know. Even yeah. if you were coach for a year to those kids, you're coach for the rest of their life. That's At least true. my coaches in high school yep. and junior high. Yeah, like I think only one of them is still coaching, and I haven't seen them in years. But the last time I saw one of them, I was like, Hey, coach. And it just it. I, yep. I don't yep. even know if I know their first name. <laughs> Yeah, I think breakthrough in sports when when kids are younger is is probably one of the most impactful things yeah, that absolutely. can happen. Absolutely. Almost more so than a teacher. I mean, I hate saying that, but but you just you're there with them in the intimate times and blood, sweat and tears yep. and so yep. 
Yeah, that's pretty neat. But yeah, I, he works for us, and he would he tells me the story. He's like, you were always so quiet. He's like, but every once in a while, you would blow up about something, and it was usually once every couple of weeks. He's like, but when you did, like the entire team would stop and listen because it was like everybody else is yelling all the time, and you're just kind of <laughs> quiet. And then whatever it was that you blew up carries about, a little bit more yeah. weight that way. He's like, it's kind of still that same way. Everyone's not quite sure what you're thinking, and if, you know, <laughs> well, it's if like I come that. in and get really passionate about something, they all know. Okay, yeah, this is, this is uh, for real. This is something. So they hired me, and. Um, I, I took to it pretty well. I, I, to me, it was it was fun. I liked the fact there was a big scoreboard with my name on it, and like I could work harder or longer or learn how to be better than others, and and it kind of just all clicked a little bit. Um, so a few years in, probably two years in, they moved me to help. Basically, it was organic. I, I I ended up managing the sales team, and it was basically everything that the company was doing had you know. Uh, processes and systems for the salespeople, I was testing out and then I didn't like it. That's kind of my personality anyways. I'm kind of a don't, I'll just kind of do my own thing. And so, but I started doing my own thing, having success. And then, you know, the leadership of the organization started saying, well, can you teach the other salespeople what you're doing and how that, you know, and so I rewrote some of the stuff. And so then it, one thing led to another, they moved me to the kind of manage the team while I'm still selling. Um, and then, uh, Two years ago or so, I became the VP of business development. So they they put me in charge of, I've been uh, chasing after the AV side of our business and they kind of put me in charge of several different new, new market opportunities, new things to kind of get us into as a company and the acoustic panels was one of them. So mm -hmm. that was, that was kind of my idea to start with. I was actually at Infocom, which is not the place you typically go to get inspired on acoustic panels, but... <clears throat> And I'm not going to say who it was I saw, but I saw a product there that fixed a lot of the reasons why we didn't do it. And it isn't even the product that we sell. It was just an inspiration piece. You know, they, they were displaying yeah. something that I was like, oh, well, if we did it that way, that eliminates a lot of the frustrations that we've had in the past trying to do some of this stuff. So I came back from the show and kind of was excited, pitched the idea. And a couple months later, we had uncovered other things we could do and then it was you know off to the races and nice. got going. so very cool that's been that's been a pretty exciting endeavor for us because, it sounds fantastic um, man it's it's opening up a whole lot of new doors and um it's it's pretty it's pretty neat so that was one of the things that i did and then this most recent change was like i said just at, uh, i'm still doing a lot of that same stuff it was actually kind of more adding more to my plate, I guess. Um, <laughs> the story a few more sounds hands. really familiar, but it we does. we do have we have some phenomenal people that we've hired recently that um, customer service reps and sales support people that are doing such a good job. I've now been able to you know, shout out to Lisa and Michelle, but uh, I've been able to offload to them, and they've been able to come through and and take over things that I awesome. for years would not let go of. So. Um, it's allowed me then to. Would you step mind into the giving me roles. their resumes after we? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm not even going to give you their last name. So, <laughs> uh, so tell us, tell us about MPS. It's yeah. it's abbreviated for Making Privacy Simple. Yep. Um, so tell us about MPS. How long they've been in business and kind of kind of a ten thousand square foot view sure. of of everything MPS sure. is about. So formerly Speech Privacy Systems. Uh, for about 20 years, we were speech privacy. We started with sound masking only. Our owner was in the ergonomic furniture industry and found a product that he really liked uh, from Cambridge Sound Management, yeah. partnered with them in the early 2000s, like 2002, 2001. And um, 
He had been doing mostly ergonomics before then, but really was like, oh, there's a market for just this product. So changed his name to Speech Privacy. We started selling that mainly through the web, uh, you know, web leads, talking yeah. to end users. Um, and then the 08 recession hit and web leads kind of dried up. So one of the things that we he changed and one of the things I was brought in to do was to find partners to get turn into more of a dealer distributor for the product instead gotcha. of just selling end yeah. users directly. Um, and so we started in low voltage because we had this network of installers we were using that were low voltage guys. So we started introducing the product to them and then it branched into AV and then eventually branched into furniture and then Cambridge got bought out and then everything changed there. So um, in 2016, we partnered with a Canadian manufacturer called SoftDB. They white label for us. They do all the engineering product development and then we distribute it uh, all, in all of North America um, for them. And so... That was really our company's history was uh, sound masking, uh, white noise for corporate office. And that was really it. Um, <clears throat> and then we added the acoustic panels. And when we did that, we really felt like from a marketing standpoint, our naming to, to change, to match what we, what we felt like we were, we were doing. Yeah. And a little, maybe a little bit more generic speech privacy systems is a very, it's a, it's another word for, it's a SEO word for, you know, sound yeah. masking. And so. Uh, we wanted to broaden that. And so we did this uh, several month long survey of our customers and talked to our reps and talked to our, our internal employees about, you know, let's come up with name. Uh, we have some crazy ones. I can't even, I don't want to say them. Some of the, <laughs> some of the different potential <laughs> options were like all the way to being off the wall to being similar to what, what the original one was. But then you got to get a URL that matches yeah. and it, you know, it's got to be a registerable and all these different facets that go into that. Um, and we just kind of, it just kind of clicked. We were like, well, what do we do really well? And someone said, well, Jeff said it actually. Jeff was really instrumental in this. He was like, we just make things simple. We take a complex thing like acoustics and privacy and we boil it down to make it simple for our customers and our partners. And so that was like, oh, well, well that's what we do. We make privacy simple. So, and then MPS made sense. I didn't, making privacy simple is too long of a name to be yeah. seen everywhere. So came up with the the letters MPS and um, so that that's the kind of the iteration of the name um, and that's what we do I mean that's when when you talk about what my new role is it's to continually communicate to every person in our organization our goal is to make this simple and so then we always are asking are we doing this to make it easy for us or to make it easy for our customer it's always a great question you know and really any organization absolutely um, to make sure that you're always asking that because it's it's always going to be simple or we hope it is for the people that do it day in and day out but it has to be simple for the people that actually are trying to buy the product from. exactly it's it's funny you you both say that because I've had conversations with our engineers and our programmers who you know occasionally will get fired up and they're like man this is you know this could be way easier and I'm like the idea is not that it's easy for you exactly it's easy for everybody else yep Yep. outside of our organization and if we're if it's not easy for them then it, we're not doing yeah, our job exactly. and if we can make it easier for us internal and then that's great but it can be hard for us that's okay yeah we're here to take a hard thing and right. make it easy for them and that's and so part that, of you know integration as a whole that absolutely i yeah. think taurus has really tried to find a niche in is making a complex system even as complex is this studio and what did we one button press and yeah, we're recording we're going four different feeds and four different microphones and it'll all be offloaded when we're done and 
that's all completely automated. The the idea, same as your company, making it making it simple. Yep. So I think it's a great name. You're, you're going to change your name. I think now? it's a great name. Yeah, we're just a uh, no, no, no. It's too much M A V S M A. We could probably spend a whole hour on just that portion. Just that. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you go set search to see if the domain's available, and it won't be. It won't. And you'll be. start over because yeah, that's be. how it works. That's why you just have the person in the room right next to you checking the domain as you're saying. That's what it. we were doing. Everything Perfect. we were saying, we were checking, and we're like, "Well, this one's eight thousand dollars. We want to pay eight thousand dollars for you know." And so, oh, yeah. like, we were. We were weighing the cost because everything's for sale, right? Yes, yeah. of we're course. weighing the cost of everything versus how good it sounded or how much we well, liked it. And you know, Taurus was founded with just two guys and almost no money, and so we ended up with sounds familiar TaurusTechInc.com. Mm-hmm. And really, we would prefer you know TaurusTech.com or Taurus.com. And I always keep my eye out for those domains, but they're expensive. Yes, yeah. They are. And we have we haven't <laughs> Taurus. Uh, although we have been very successful, we are not successful quite uh, enough to buy those. To go buy those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll so, get there. So um, MPS based out of Richardson, Texas? Yes. yes. Okay, great. Um, and some of the products, specific products that MPS offers, mm-hmm. you already mentioned in some of your history the um, sound masking, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the acoustic paneling. What other products and services does MPS offer? So mainly, I mean, when, when we say acoustic paneling, that can be broken up into multiple categories. Okay. So um, the base product is an acoustical material, uh, but we do everything from wall treatments, like either ge- geometric shapes on the wall or large sheets on the wall or completely encasing a room uh, to like the hardware that mounts to a desk and then can create privacy screens between work workstations, um, a lot of ceiling stuff, hanging baffles and clouds and different things yeah. like that. Um, <clears throat> and then really anything outside of that that's custom. So, I mean, we've done a lot of different things uh, with unique hardware pieces. You know, we're, that's something that we're finding out is there it's missing. Well, anybody will do anything for the right price. Yeah. But we found that if we can offer some of these things at a competitive price or not with a, without a huge upcharge, uh, it's, it seems to be we we're finding our stride a little bit in that in that space. It's an it's it can be frustrating on the uh, production side, right? Because you get <laughs> yeah, because no, they're going to come to you with every the dream. time is this uh, you know unique brand new thing we've got to you know Figure come through yeah. on on budget and on our timeline, but um, but it's a, it's a need out there, and so yeah. if it's a need, we we feel like we can. Yeah, I feel like that it. a lot of our customers um, have. Let's just stick to specifically acoustic paneling. Sure. I feel like a lot of our customers have yeah. acoustic paneling um, and just don't know that that's what it is. I feel like a lot of our customers also think that um, when they're going to entertain a discussion about it, they think it may just be fabric at a certain thickness on a wall, on a ceiling, on glass. But you guys have done some amazing stuff to take what is functional to, to treat the space acoustically the right way to have a maybe a podcast to maybe have an audio call, a video call, or maybe sure. just have an in-person discussion. You've taken something that's that works and then also make it an art piece is kind of what you're explaining. We're trying to dual purpose everything. Yeah. So if you're going to buy desk screens to put between people, we want to tell that story of why would you not want it also to be acoustical? Yeah. You're going to you're going to put it any anyways. 
is it going to be laminate or is it going to be glass or something that's reflective? Well, let's dual purpose and add acoustic material to it. Or if you're going to do some design on the wall or even your logo on the wall, why, and you have the option to have it be acoustical, why would you not want to do that? Exactly. Um, and so that, yeah, that's exactly what we're always trying to do is every product we have, we want to be able to have it do multiple functions. And in doing so, you know, when you're talking to really anybody in, you know, this, this great, um, construction process, right? The, the designer, architect, uh, you know, commercial real estate rep, all the way to the actual end user. When you're talking to anybody in that, in that process, they understand we're going to have to pay for some of these things. But what, if you can tell the story of, well, it's already in the budget, why don't we make that acoustical as well? Instead of you're going to pay for desk screens or you're going to pay for glass, or you're going to pay for all these things. And then we're going to come back and have to pay more money to treat the acoustics because of that. Yeah. And now you're benefiting yourself. Story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're, you're more than likely giving a better aesthetic approach to the solution that you're already going to pay for. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and that's one of the things we're, we're working on with our team here is to make sure that it's, it's not just about the microphone or the speaker, or the display or the automation piece. It, the, the room has to be the right fit or the space has to be the right fit for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, I think, I'm going to give a shout out because I think the coolest one I've seen so far, I got to see it in person and through one of your podcasts and online was the skyline of, of Dallas. Oh yeah. That was my favorite one. Yep. I recently saw that on, I think LinkedIn or something. I saw okay. some pictures posted or, or maybe, I really like it. They, there's it a, me. I think you did several of them, but, but we saw the first one in person over at human scale. Yeah. Another one of our partners. I know <laughs> you, I know you guys partner with them as well. Um, I just thought it was great. You know, yeah. it's a functional piece, but it's an artwork piece at the same time. And, you know, a lot of people look at it and they just think, oh, that's cool. And then when you say, you know, what else that helps me do is it helps me keep a lot of reflective property off of that hard surface right. bouncing around this room. And human scales suite is, you know, it's, it's, it's wood floors, it's open to the ceiling, yep. it's glass. It's exactly what you're talking about sitting across from someone um, that has some human scale product and, and the privacy screen. So uh, I just wanted to mention that. I thought that that was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, we're really proud of that one. Yeah. That, that came out very well. And yeah, they're a great partner too. So it's been a great showpiece to like, hey, why don't you go check out, you know, Human Scales showroom. So yeah, we're doing photography and podcasts and anything that we can do down Before there. Before the end of this podcast, I'm going to convince you to, to have something like that right over here where you can't <laughs> see it's off camera, but we've got glass that is the entryway to the podcast studio. And I'd love to see some flying Taurus logos. It'd be awesome. We might be able to make that happen. Okay. All right. Um, so tell us a little bit about, I, I noticed this spot on the website that I thought was really, really intriguing. And when we talk to customers that maybe have entered into the subject of, of sound masking, um, a lot of people get a real common misconception about what it is. So you got a spot on the website I really found awesome, sound masking versus noise cancellation. Oh, Can yeah. you kind of just take us through what that is? So we SEO for the word noise cancellation because you got to think in the mind of someone that's sitting at their computer with a problem and doesn't know the solution yet and what might they type into their computer. And that's definitely one of the words and phrases that they're going to think about just because of today's world, right? Yeah. You got noise canceling headphones and noise canceling cars and, and things like that, that people automatically assume, well, we just need some noise cancellation in here and that will fix the problem. Not knowing anything about the actual technology of how it works. And so we have to deal with that a lot. We get a lot of people that are, we're, we're constantly trying to educate the difference. And so 
Um, the best way to, to explain that is cancellation is taking the sound that is leaving, uh, the frequencies of sound that are leaving, the sound waves, and they're, they're moving, and recording it and then reverse phasing it back at it. So um, that technology exists right now on an ear. And we've gotten our processing power to be fast enough to where they can hear something, that, that Bose headphone can hear something and then quickly reverse it back into that one ear. And they can do it, um, they can do it really uh, certain frequencies. They can't do it on every sound, you know, but they can do a pretty good job of an airplane. And, and yeah. Well, other, and other background noises. You're familiar with this. It's just a different, yeah. different property. AEC is the, exactly. the same idea. And so it, you know, that's how that works. And so usually I start with explaining how that works so I can explain how that's not possible in their space. You know, <laughs> like understand that technology is doing instant processing and it's redirecting the sound a quarter of an inch away from your ear. I call that education um, by softening the blow. You know? There you go. It's, it's, yep, exactly. Inver inverse you can't just lock. tell them, no, this is quite literally impossible. Right. <laughs> so then you're like, so imagine we've got 50 pairs of ears in this office all moving around, all different. How many microphones would we need? How many speakers? would? We, how would we push the sound perfectly to each ear? The technology currently does not exist and is actually nowhere near. Yeah being able to exist yet um, simply because the implementation now you can in a vacuum in a small set you can do it but you start a dynamic office place and it's it's not possible so then we explain what sound masking is and how that works and then you say so when you're talking about a group of people that's still going to be the most effective technology that exists um, oftentimes the next question is Oh, like white noise, you know, so then they yeah. start, oh yeah, like that little machine that I sleep, that, you know, <laughs> that I have an app for, or that's next to my bed. And so then we get the opportunity to explain how that technology has progressed uh, over the decades, because it's been around since the 50s. I yeah. mean, the government's been, the DOD used white noise back in the 50s and 60s to protect their, you know, meetings. To isolate the spaces War, right? and hallways and, yeah. <laughs> but white noise traditionally is really annoying. We all recognize it when we hear it, and it's not something you'd want to sit in every day and have to listen to. And so, uh, more, and this is really uh, true of us, but all of our competitors as well. I mean, the sound that we're using is typically engineered sound to be more comfortable, but also still do what white noise does, which is cover over those conversations, make them exactly. unintelligible. And so, um, it's. It, it's a great question that people ask because then you get to completely tell the whole story of the technology and they're at the end. I mean, now they're like in the 90th percentile of understanding this type of conversation. Like they talk to anybody at an airport and know more about this than anybody else they encounter. I love it when you're, when your colleagues, I mean, I, we obviously try to do a good job of educating on <laughs> that front. Um, and some people are better than others, but I love having your colleagues in the space. And let's say that we're in that literal space. Yeah. That's, that's subject matter. And I love how that they can use this. Okay. Look, you're, this is a 30 by 40 meeting space with 10 foot high ceilings and the walls don't go to deck. And let, let me explain to you how, how I just educated you, um, are things that we can and can't do to make your experience better. Oh, and by the way, tour technologies will handle everything else exactly. on the technology front too yep. for you. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, that's been the biggest challenge for us, honestly, is to get um, 
the type of people in our organization that are, you know, good workers, good salespeople, good communicators, and then also get over that hump of being a novice to being an expert in this stuff. It's, yeah. it's challenging. Well, that's our, that's everyone's you know? battle, right? right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's and, like, you got to kind of fail for a year before you've kind of bumped your head in so many different directions that now you know what to do. And sometimes people can't don't have whatever it takes to just get through that process. And yeah, we, we're always encouraging the staff to just always feed yourself, always mm-hmm. be learning. Don't, there, there's this, it, in, you know, our industry really shares a lot of commonalities with the Pro-AV yeah. and, and the privacy world, um, obviously, since we're partners, but I think a lot of people take for granted that, oh yeah, I, I know everything there is to know about video conferencing. This is simply not true. And I think as long as you're accepting of the fact that, Always feed yourself that information and knowledge. You're just going to be better. Every time I, I listen to a podcast uh, of yours or I have one of your colleagues come out to a site with one of our salespeople, I learn something every time. You pick I something think it's, out. Oh, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so tell us about some of the, because I feel like, you know, this is about, this podcast is about education after all. Tell us about some of the spaces and industries where you would see these products that people might not think about. Yeah. Well, I can... You, you mentioned privacy screens between like cubicle style desks. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me. And I know I've seen some fabric ones and I've seen some glass ones and I've seen some laminated ones, but that's an amazing idea. I mean, if, if you walk into a call center or a trade floor and it's just miles of cubicles with these two to three foot dividers between desks as open floor plan spaces is, have become more popular why not make all of those some sort of uh, acoustical panel or have yeah. some positive acoustic property? Uh, I, I, it just didn't occur to me until yeah. you mentioned it, you know, 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And I thought, that's brilliant. Like yeah, that perfect. should just be part of the furniture plan. Yeah. Never a piece of glass or never a piece of laminate. It's already bad enough, I think, to sit in a public space and you know be face to face with somebody and he's on the phone and i'm typing on my computer and somebody over there's listening from the you know listening to the radio from 8 to 12 at a <laughs> at a reasonable volume at a reasonable volume <laughs> uh, so I, and after that i thought well we've got guys here who share some offices they're not necessarily cubicles but they might benefit from <laughs> i'm you sure know, they would some love that. divided workspace sure. yeah. that offered yeah. Some level of acoustic, again, positive acoustic property. Well, but, we're we're running into um, op- exposed ceilings too. So I mean, that yeah. seems to be the one of the newest trends is yeah. just to do concrete or metal exposed ceilings, and it's similar to the glass conversation. It looks really cool. So you know, if <laughs> if you're looking at if you're looking at a picture or you know whatever, it's like this. That would be really nice. Yeah. And then there, there's some. Uh, physical realities that people find out after they've moved in that, you know, Hey, this is awful. I can hear everything, you know? And so uh, I think, you know, that's probably, I'm still the main area that we touch is that open office. So you've got either the, the desk dividers or even we'll, we'll hang panels from the ceiling uh, at the end of rows so that this team over here is all together, but then they're not, they don't feel like they're with this other team that's over right. there. They have a little bit of isolation. Exactly. And so it's it pr- creates a little bit of a visual barrier there, which is good, as well as acoustics. So again, multiple dimensional 
benefits of the product. And I've um, seen I've seen some of the projects you guys have done with you know a, a cloud or layered ceiling tie, uh, ceiling panels. Yep. Or or flown mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, that's an architecture dream because most of the time we're fighting against an architect to put a ceiling speaker in or put a microphone on the table. And you guys are over here like, no, 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 no. You draw it up on a piece of paper and we'll make it happen and make it look any way you want. And it's still a positive, you know, it's a, it's a benefit to the space rather yeah. than the let's ir- hang a piece of glass. The irony the there is the architect was the one that developed the open ceiling. Anyways, oh yeah. So yeah, that's the that's so the it's a delicate thing. dance, right? <laughs> yeah, so we go in there and do CEUs and stuff for them, and it's you got to be careful that you don't go in and say, yeah, modern offices suck. You know, <laughs> like there's all these acoustic challenges that are there, and you're like, oh wait, you guys are the ones designing and creating that. So, um, but th- most of them are very they understand the downside to some of this, um, and so they are looking for ways to incorporate this stuff. So it is just a great. Uh, conversation that we can have well you guys are in a good spot with that because you have the ability to create these custom and unique shapes that architects are just gonna you know flip over how do we fit this into your conceptual design Mm -hmm. that's in your head that you're trying to get out you know for for robert and i a tv or a display or a camera or microphone only comes in so many shapes we're not gonna go 3d print a new shape For, for every every customer. So it's awesome you guys are that's been are the, able That's been to probably that. the most exciting thing about the acoustic panels compared to the sound masking. They both solve acoustic problems, which can be challenging to uh, articulate. Like everybody has their own expectations of what that means, right? The cone of silence or a mm-hmm. soundproof room or whatever. And so you have to kind of help manage expectations yes. and all that. And so uh, that's the challenge with acoustics. But what's so fun about the panels versus sound masking is we've got something fun, custom, visual. Like I remember, and so this is when I knew this was the product we needed to be selling because uh, I had done CEUs and presentations with just sound masking to architects. And let me tell you, if you want complete awkward silence at the end of a presentation, present about sound masking to architects. And they, they all say, okay. Thank you. That's the last slide. You know, <laughs> I've got to go. Got to go to lunch. Yep. And so they leave. And uh, the, the very first time I met an architect with sample, we didn't even have inventory. We didn't even have the ability to do anything with it. All I had was samples of what we were going to be doing. And I sat down and I was like, what about some of this stuff? And her eyes got big and she grabbed one color. She's like, I have been looking for this color and she ran off, like literally ran out of the conference room because <laughs> she wanted to show somebody that she was working with and then came back. So sorry. You know, and I was like, I think we've landed on something here. Nice. You know? <laughs> nice. So it's, it's, that was kind of uh, the exciting part of that product. And then the fact that now we've been able to kind of bring them all together and say, let us walk a space. Let us come in and look at your space and say, here are some of the different ways we can help and what to expect from that solution, I think is a very unique thing. Yeah. I'm not seeing that out there very much. So I think uh, I'd like to share maybe three examples just because of our time um, that, that people aren't really thinking about and we're trying to go in and educate customers on is, um, well, let's say first is lobbies. You know, a lot of customer lobbies are designed to be nice aesthetically. They're designed to be open, feel warm. That's your first impression of a visit to a space. And a lot of them contain glass. Uh, they, they're usually open, 
most of them would have solid floors, not carpet. After all, it is an entry. Um, so I think a lot of people take for granted that although that might not be a space where there's technology in, you can add things like sound masking and privacy panels yep. and acoustic panels to to make that space, since it is their first impression, the best impression. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I think another one that a lot of people aren't speaking about um, that I think is really, really important is that none of us really like to spend time in hospitals, right? A hospital is a dreary place to be. And if you're in a patient room, it's a sad place to be. I mean, you're never really in a hospital for a good thing. Um, and even when we had, you know, no more kids, uh, that wasn't a good thing. But my point is that usually a hospital room is, is hardwood floors or, or concrete floors, right? It, it needs to be cleanable, easy, mm -hmm. um, a lot of hard surfaces, whiteboards for nurses to write on. But by giving somebody a little bit better of an experience when they're in a place that they don't want to be in the first place can be huge yeah. and really at a minimal cost. Yeah. Um, so a we, little we're pop having of, some, a little pop of color and some yeah, additional little, privacy, exactly. And whether it's on the ceiling or the wall or exactly. And room. having somebody carry on a conversation with their loved one that may be sitting in a bed and not feel like that everyone in the world can hear them because the noise is just everywhere. Yep. Um, and then, you know, a third one we actually worked on together recently was for one of our oil and gas customers. They, they need to be able to train people in the field on how to work on a gas line. So they have a, a facility out in Plano, Texas that uh, is indoors because they, even though they're going to be doing a lot of work on the outside, most of it, they need to be able to mock up something. So they're indoors and it's, it's a warehouse. But they're trying to train people, and they're trying to train sometimes 30 or 40 field technicians. And we're talking about gas. We're talking about really important stuff. Right. Um, and, and you guys were able to come in and treat it with acoustic paneling. And, man, you, you should see them. They're, like, they're skipping down. They're, they're really? absolutely awesome. loving it. It's a great success story. But people, but my point is, of those three examples, is just to think outside the box. Um, it's... It, for all intents and purposes, it's not an expensive investment. And I think the, the benefits that you reap out of a lot of what MPS can offer uh, just, you know, just, just pays dividends. Absolutely. And, and we've seen, I mean, those examples plus more, I mean, churches and schools and, you know, break rooms and conference rooms and boardrooms and waiting areas and check-in areas at hospitals, you know, where people are sitting sitting in the lobby and other people are up at the at the desk sharing a bunch of personal information i mean those are those are all challenges that are solvable to some degree right we can make them better we can yeah. make that experience for the customer that much better than it would have otherwise been uh or we can completely eliminate other problems you know and so uh it's been that's what's been fun about all this um is there's so many more opportunities for us to get involved with and having starting to kind of create that um, you know, that perspective of we're the type of company that is happy to take on those challenges or like get creative or get custom. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. Now, any one project at any point in time might not feel so fantastic just because we're trying to find a hardware solution or we're trying to, yeah. you know, there's a lot of challenges that can go with that. But, you know, uh, I just think the fact that, that we're flexible allows us to help more and more customers. And in the end, when you're helping customers, you're creating customers for life. You're mm -hmm. creating partners for life. You're creating all these relationships that help 
sustain us and, and help us to grow. And that that's, you know, that's what it's all about. So Absolutely. we really enjoy that. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the best things that Corey and I love doing is, you know, we go, let's say it's an existing space. Uh, we go into a space and we, we've outfitted it with tech that the customer needs to be productive or maybe have their meetings or run their business. And, and we get to see enjoyment. Yep. And um, I think it's said the same for MPS. You come in after a space and let's say that they have been having those challenges and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, the before thought, it was the afterthought. Yeah. And now you get to see that, that success and happiness after the fact. So it's, it's a big deal for us and it keeps us going. And, and like you said, it keeps customers happy. Yep. No, I mean, I, I've told this story before, but we've got uh, a customer where the, it was so bad, the echo in their break room that they used for presentations as well, like all company hands meetings. And, yeah. and, uh, and after we treated it, they brought the whole company in and he mentioned that they had done something and like a hundred employees start clapping. Like, Nice. They noticed how much better this was. It was so amazing. I you enjoy know. coming to work. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, but that helps them. That makes them realize, you know, the employees are understanding that we take their job and yeah. their comfort seriously. And, you know, it, it's always nice to work for an organization that cares about your, your experience at work. Most definitely. You know, so if we can help uh, owners and decision makers at businesses help create a better culture for their people. Um, I mean, we truly believe that we're helping change workplaces um, and in doing so, changing the lives of the people that spend, you know, significant portion of their time in these workspaces because we're not going back to private offices. It's not, you know, we're not going to shift back and go with rows and rows of private offices. I did ever, read an article, though, soon. that uh, it was it it was not as uh, good as they had uh, thought it would be. Oh, no. And... and a lot of companies are are reeling from that, but I mean, let's be honest. I think the whole open concept is a is a is a bit of a farce to save some money. It's all about saving. Yeah. It's all about square footage cost of real estate. I mean, yeah. when you boil it down, yeah, it's. I mean, we've done this. Like we have a lot of private offices, and the way our space is laid out, it works perfect for us. But if if you were to just square footage, say the number of employees we have. And let's go look around for other office space. We could fit that same number of employees in half the square footage yeah. with plenty of space for everybody, but we would be out in open space. And, yeah. and so it's definitely, it's definitely, we're, we're in a similar in a boat here. And if, if we had started with a clean slate, we would definitely have some private offices, but we would have a large number of yeah. public workspaces. Now we probably have, would have uh, partnered with you to, Help us make those as private as possible sure. without erecting, you know, a four inch thick drywall wall to get the job done. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's an happening industry everywhere. trend that's, yeah. that's definitely not going away, at least from what we could see. Well, we hope not. Well, well it's, Andy, <laughs> it's creating it's creating more conference rooms and meeting spaces, though. There you yeah, go. A lot so more huddle rooms. Yeah. What, what did we say yesterday? Phone rooms and bistro rooms. Oh, and there's so many, so many what, buzzwords what, for them. And they all they all need they all need some sort of uh, tech and and some sort of privacy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Andy, thank you so much for coming on, yeah, man. I, I think this has been fantastic, and and hopefully our listeners and viewers have got an opportunity to hear a little bit more about some things that maybe you didn't know that that Taurus is able to partner with MPS on. Uh, for more information about MPS, we'll we'll pop in a link below. So we'd love for you to to visit their website. Get a little bit more understanding. Got a lot of great visuals there, a lot of great examples. 
Uh, and for more information um, on this subject or any other subject, please email us at info at touristtechinc.com. Uh, for myself, for Corey, thanks again, Andy, and I uh, hope you all have a great day.